You're listening to the Highlighted Podcast, brought to you by All Sports Culture. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back into Highlighted and All Sports Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Jace, joined with Soli today. Got a couple more interesting and fun topics to talk about. We're going to be talking college football, NFL, NBA, um, uh, MLB, hockey, and a couple of the crazy, weird sports topics that all uh, ASC likes to get into. So I'm joined with my co-host, Soli. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, baby. How we doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about some of these um, posts again, guys. If you guys don't already follow ASC on Instagram, go follow them. You can follow along with the posts or you can see them um, uh, on your own or as we're posting this on TikTok. Um, let's jump right into the first one. Okay, We're talking about the top five odds to win the their league's champion. So we'll start with the NBA. Right now, the Boston Celtics have the highest odds. They're plus uh, 370. The Bucks are at plus 400. The Nuggets are at plus 425. The Suns are plus 750, and the Sixers are at plus 1,200. So, Soli, right here you got the top three Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets. Is there anyone else that you'd throw in that um, contention right there, or is that kind of your top three too? Uh, I like the top three. The NBA is kind of weird. I feel like there's a lot of teams, especially nowadays, that like I'm just not super confident in. Just in like when it comes to the Celtics, I'm not confident in this team. I have a love-hate relationship with Jason Tatum. So I used to be a Duke fan back in the day, you know, the days of like Nolan Smith, John Shire, those kind of uh, those Duke days because my brother went to school there back in the day, which is funny because I went to Syracuse. I'm supposed to hate them. But I did kind of like Duke back in the day. So I should kind of be a Jason Tatum guy. But for some reason, I just don't like him. He's one of those guys that – you know, I mean, he really has the potential to be the best NBA player whenever he steps onto the court, but he also has the potential to lose you the game single-handedly anytime he plays. He's a volume shooter. He likes the outside shot, the mid-range. He's very good defensively, which is good. But, you know, there's just so many times I've, I you look at the box score, you watch the game, and he's just – he's shooting bricks. I remember in the playoffs last year, we clowned him a lot um, on ASC, um, and that's just what we do, which also – little side note when we do those kind of like meme funny posts about like certain players or um, we are going to discuss one about the Cowboys that we have coming up. People take them so seriously. And honestly, I kind of find it funny. Um, they're obviously just jokes. We kind of just hop on whatever, you know, like the Cowboys choking. We're going to discuss it, but that's just a meme. That's a trend, you know, like it's, just, it is funny to think about and talk about um, whether this team, you think they're different or not. That's a different kind of discussion. But that's just kind of like a joke that everyone kind of laughs at, so we do it as well. Um, but in terms of those teams, I mean, like, even the Bucs have been pretty inconsistent this year. I know they kind of obviously just added Damian Lillard, so they had to get that team chemistry going. The Suns being fourth is kind of crazy. I'm pretty sure they're, like, two games above 500, if I'm not uh, wrong. Um, I know they've been doing better recently, but um, that's another team that hasn't been super healthy, new pieces, blah, blah, blah. Um but yeah, out of all those teams, I think I trust the Nuggets the most. Um, I I know Jokic has been on a little downward trend, but I'm not worried at all about it. And I think once Murray gets healthier again, um, that's a team I definitely trust the most out of anyone in the NBA. Yeah, as of right now, the Suns are 14 and 12, and you know yeah. they're. But 
like you said, I think they've only played their big three, Durant, Bill, and Booker, or have only played like two or three games and build yeah. out again. And, you know, there's always injury problems with Durant throughout the season, but you get those three back together, they might be the best three, you know, the big three in the whole NBA, like the best together. So you can't count them out. One I think that's interesting that um, isn't on here, and I don't think it's interesting because I don't buy into this uh, hype, but I think that a lot of people are going to say, where are the Lakers? Because no matter what and where the Lakers are, at some point in the uh, NBA playoffs, the Lakers are probably going to make a run and upset a team. I don't think they're going to make the top four in the West unless they have a miraculous run. Plus, you're going to have Anthony Davis that's probably going to get it hurt, hurt at some point. LeBron will be taking <laughs> some load management. So I, it's it's interesting not to see the Lakers on here. I would say, even though I don't believe in them, I almost would say I would favor them more than the Sixers, just, you know, looking at Durant and AD, I just, Maxie's still, Tyrese Maxie is still young, so I don't know if he's going to be able to carry, you know, the Sixers that far, um, and then Embiid can't really do it himself, and he hasn't done it himself in the playoffs, like he's known as a choker in the playoffs too, so um, the Sixers are kind of one of those ones that I look at there, but I, I don't, I don't think there's a clear cut, you know, number one team or who's going to win it as of right now, like you said, the Nuggets have the most experience, and I would probably trust them the most. But you're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves, who's the uh, best team in the West, and they are tied for the best record with the Celtics. I don't think that they're, you know, in the conversation as of right now. They could make kind of a Nuggets type of run as of last year, but I don't think they are. The Thunder are still a very young team, and they're sitting at the two seed at 17 and eight. So I just, I agree. I don't think that there's one team that stood out. There's been inconsistent teams, there's been good teams, bad teams, but there's not one in the NBA right now that's like a clear clip clear cut like i'm gonna bet on them to win the nba championship yeah that's kind of why i think like plus 370 to be you know the lowest odds i think is kind of low like i think it should be more so as we'll get into the other sports like if you look at the nhl plus 750 like that is a number that plus 750 kind of means like it's kind of up for grabs by anyone um and i think that should be the kind of the case with the nba um, I think the Celtics should probably be like plus 500 and that should be like the lowest. I think the difference with that is, I guess, the NBA more so the top teams generally do win rather than like the NHL. There's a lot of teams that just go on runs and the MLB as well. Um, that's kind of reflected in the odds. Uh, whereas like like we're saying, the NBA, yeah, the Timberwolves kind of have the best record, but I feel like everyone kind of just knows they're not going to win it. That's just kind of like an agreement that everyone makes. But uh, it always just is those teams that like have the really good talent. Obviously, the Celtics have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals like 19 years in a row. Um, but yeah, so it kind of makes sense. But I would consider I feel like the odds should be a little higher. Yeah, probably. Um, moving to the NFL. Niners have the highest odds right here at plus 230, or I guess I, you know, they're the favorite to win it. The Ravens at plus 550, the Eagles at plus 700, the Chiefs at plus 700, and the Dolphins at plus 850. Now, guys, these lines could move slightly. Like, I'm looking at it right now. The order's still the same, but the Dolphins are plus 900 as of right now. So, they could change a little from when this post was, but most of the orders are still the same. So, clear-cut favorite right here are the Niners, and I don't blame them. Like, I think the Niners look like the best team in football. They had that weird three weeks where you're like, Okay, are these guys really good? Now Brock Purdy's playing better. They're getting healthy. Niners, clear team to win this. But then I think it's interesting. You got the Ravens jumping the Eagles. The Eagles have looked a little off the last couple weeks. Chiefs up there, even though they're having their struggles, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't have many weapons to throw to. Then the Dolphins, although they haven't really beaten many winning teams, 
they'll play the uh, Cowboys this week. And then, you know, we just kind of talked about it. Cowboys aren't even on this list. And Cowboys have looked pretty dang good the last couple of weeks, too, outside of their loss uh, last week. So what, what do you make of this, um, of the top five for the NFL? I think the Cowboys are kind of like that team where it's like fool's gold a little bit for the books. Um, I think that Vegas knows they're not going to, you know, make the run because Dallas never does. And I think people see them at really good odds and they're like, oh, Dallas has, you know, been so good this year. And then obviously they just got destroyed by the Bills. But um, I think the Bills is another team that even could make a run that I think should would be not a bad bet. Um, But in terms of the Niners, 100 percent, I think they're clear cut the best team in the NFL for sure. Uh, I like the Ravens second. I think you, I know the Eagles just lost, but I don't read too much. It is definitely getting late, very late into the season. So these games, you should be reading into them because this is kind of when you want your team to be hitting its stride going into the playoffs. But I don't read too much into like singular NFL games. Like, um, you know, like the Eagles just lost to the Seahawks. I'm not too worried about the Eagles. I still think that they're a good bet at plus 700. And I would even say, I would go as far to say that they could even be the second team on that list to me. Um, I know they did also get destroyed by the Niners. Um, they also got beat by the Cowboys. So it, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't look great for them, but I still think that's a super talented roster. Um, and I think that they have very good leadership. I think Jalen Hurts has a very good mindset, even if he is a system quarterback, which is a whole nother discussion um, that has come up recently. Um, look at that. You got Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts, the two system quarterbacks, almost in the top three for odds. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I actually agree with it for the most part. I think the Bills might be the best bet there is. Besides the Niners, I actually think the Niners at plus 230, even though it's not like it, it's pretty low odds, I actually think it's pretty good. I feel very confident in them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I probably wouldn't bet against the Niners as of right now because of that defense. They've been to a Super Bowl or the NFC Championship. Obviously, they haven't won one, but you know, they're. I think they have one of the few defenses that have the speed and the physicality to stop someone like the Ravens coming out of the AFC. Um, and, you know, they have offensive weapons. Brock Purdy, it, even if he is a system guy, he's really good at running that system, and it's really hard not to be when you're throwing a Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. So I, I, I would be hard to bet against them. The one I kind of wanted to ask you about or kind of have a discussion here, I'm just not on the Dolphins train yet just because they haven't beaten a good team, in my opinion, right? And, and you know, I, I would say they're pretty close with the Bills, um, but the Bills have beaten them. What do you think about, would you put the Lions above the Dolphins? I'm kind of a believer in the Lions. They got so much young talent. I, I think that they kind of have that chip on their shoulder. I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the Dolphins maybe are one of the ones I wouldn't bet on this top five here, but maybe the Lions would be one, and they're sitting currently um, at, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up, at plus 1,900, so they're way down the list. They're yeah, seventh I, on the list. Would I you- think that's pretty crazy. I think that the Lions and the Dolphins, I, I could see the Dolphins at plus 850. I'd say the Lions at plus 1,000. Yeah. If that, maybe even the same odds, um, because I think that, obviously, they've both had bad losses this year. The Dolphins, like you said, they haven't beat anyone too good. The Lions have had a, a couple solid wins. Um, I think they both have like a high, they both are very like high volatility teams. um, In my opinion, like the lions could really lose any given game and they could also win any given game. They got a lot of talent on their team. Um, I like the coaching. I think those odds should be a lot closer. Um, I'm also a little biased. I'm not a dolphins guy. I am on record saying that two is very bad. Um, (laughs) 
I even said he, Daniel Jones was better last year, which is probably not, I'm not going to say accurate, but people are not going to like that take. Um, I'm a Giants fan, and I also don't like Daniel Jones anymore. I never really thought he was that good, but um, I did make a bet before the beginning of last season that Daniel Jones would have a better year than um, Tua, and that didn't go too well. Um, but, I mean, listen, Tua gets to throw to who I believe is the MVP of the NFL in Tyreek Hill, and Daniel Jones plays behind the Giants' offensive line, and he's throwing to, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, who's kind of a dog, but um, – that's a that's a discussion for a different day. Uh, yeah, not a really believer in the Dolphins. I definitely would not make that bet. Although I do like Mike McDaniel. I kind of thought he was a nerd, and he still might be. Yeah. But he's also kind of the man. He's pretty hilarious, um, and I, I think he actually does have really good command over that team, which you wouldn't expect. Uh, kind of just looking at him, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not a Dolphins believer. I'm also a huge Mahomes guy, but I'm not a Chiefs believer this year either. I just don't think that offense has it at all. Um, the stats say they've been so bad this year, especially in like the second half. Uh, I wouldn't say it's Mahomes' fault. They really have no one to throw the ball to. Kelsey's 34 years old. You know, you're 15 games into an NFL season. You're going to be breaking down a little bit. You're not going to be, you know, as good as you were when you're 31 in the third game of the season. Uh, so that offense is definitely struggling a little bit. Um, I think that, you know, comes down to it. Obviously, Lions are NFC, but like I feel like the Lions probably would be better than the Chiefs moving forward. Like I think that's I think that could definitely see that happening. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's just hard. The Chiefs defense has carried them this year, and you're looking at it and you're like, I would have never have said that, you know, 15 weeks ago at the start of the season, just with Patrick Mahomes. But that's kind of what it's like right now, and we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm not counting Patrick Mahomes out, but I agree with you. I don't think that they have it this year. I mean, the last couple of years they seem like they've struggled for a little bit, but they've had the guys to pull together. Kadarius Tony is struggling bad, bad. And Rasheed Rice is still a rookie and he might be their best receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. So I agree with you. I think the chiefs are just looking like this is not their year and they probably got to reload at some positions like uh, the um, receiver position, especially and. Um, you know, maybe uh, another pass catching back outside of Pacheco, but they do have Jarek McKinnon. Anyways, I, I agree. As much as I don't want to count Mahomes out, it's just every – I mean, I, I watched them this week against the Patriots because I'm a Patriots fan, and it's just like they don't scare you anymore like they used to, right? Obviously without Tyreek Hill, but they just – the weapons on the outside don't really scare you anymore. I so. cannot believe they didn't re-sign Tyreek Hill. That, it was, it's it's kind of crazy. Or like give him an extension. It was yeah. – it's insane. They, I, I – Obviously, you know, they had a lot of success without him, but with him, I like, I think they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year if they have Tyree Kill. So, yeah. you know, but for sure. Well, uh, let's briefly hit on the MLB. I know we are in the offseason, but we have had a couple news here with Shohei Otani, things like that. So, the favorites to win um, right now are the Dodgers at plus 425, the Braves at plus 700, the Yankees at plus 900, the Astros at plus 1,000. And then on the graphic, it's plus Texas at, um, or sorry, it's the Texas Rangers, the defending champs at plus 1100. They are also tied with the Phillies at plus 1100 too. So you got two teams kind of tied for fifth right there, but with the signing of Shohei Otani, they just traded for Tyler Glass now and signed him. What do you make of this? I know the Dodgers are kind of the team where it's like, yeah, they have at least won a World Series in the last couple of years, but they're always going to be bet on at the start of the year as the favorite. Are they actually the favorite this year? I mean, I think if they don't win this year, then that that's crazy. Um, 
I'm not a massive MLB guy. I think um, the sports, I don't know. I think it's kind of crazy. I feel like every time something like this happens, they're like, that's why you need a salary cap, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like they got Otani. Everyone's like, holy shit, this is insane. Then they get glass. Now you're like, what, what's going on? Like they're getting, they're going to get everyone. Um, so I think it's, it's pretty crazy. If they don't win, I think that's a pretty massive disappointment for that uh, team. Uh, but MLB is a team just kind of like the NHL where it's kind of like whoever gets hot at the right moment can really just beat anyone. Obviously we just saw the Braves lose and everyone thought the Braves were going to win. Um, so MLB, you know, whoever's bats get hot at the end of the season, that's kind of usually who will win. Um, pitching is super important. Otani's obviously not going to be pitching. Uh, I think the funniest part about this list is the Yankees plus 900. And that's, that's coming from someone who lives in New York. I wouldn't say I'm too much of a Yankees fan or even a Mets fan, not a diehard baseball guy. I'm kind of split between the two. Um, You know, I'll root for – I want to see success from them both. But I have a lot of diehard Yankees friends. And, you know, going in, they're obviously, you know, super, you know, excited. And then they usually do pretty good. And then the train just gets totally derailed. And they're like, this is the worst team in the league. Like, this is a disaster. Um, you know, Steinbrenner, like they say he's cheap or whatever it is. They just got Soto though. So, um, that, that definitely explains why they're plus 900. Um, kind of makes sense, I guess, but I feel like that's just a team that, I don't know. There's, they're the Yankees give me like, this might be a crazy comparison, but they give me New York Jets vibes. And honestly, so do the Mets, uh, even maybe even more so the Mets, um, because I think they had the highest payroll last year, right? By like a large the, margin. The Mets, yes. Until yeah. they traded, you know, Scherzer and um, yeah, yeah. a couple of the guys and Verlander. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, there that was a total disaster of a season. Um, the the Yankees and the Mets are the Jets franchises with talent, which is even worse than the Jets because the Jets obviously have a good defense. They have a couple of good pieces, but as of late, like most recently, the Jets really never had a lot of talent. So, yeah, obviously they're going to be a disaster class. The Yankees and the Mets, they usually have pretty good talent, and they're still kind of a disaster class. So they give me Jets vibes. Um, Who's going to fix them? I don't know. That's not my job. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would never bet on the Yankees personally. Um, If I had to take a bet here, I kind of like the Braves. I think think they're in a good spot right there. Uh, But I really do think that the Dodgers are going to take it, unless, you know, injuries can happen. Yeah, and I think you look at Otani, and you look at Mookie Betts, you look at Freddie Freeman, they have probably the most star power. power. I would argue that the Braves probably have the most consistent roster and maybe the best, but adding Glass now to that rotation for the Dodgers makes them very good. I don't believe in the Yankees pitching staff. They have Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez is out, and Luis, uh, Luis Servino is out. So, yeah, you get and add Juan Soto, and you add him with Aaron Judge. So those are two really good, you know, players, plus Giancarlo Stanton. And so, yeah, they have the star power, too, but I agree with you. The Yankees, it's like New York just has too much pressure on them. The fans are just too crazy, whatever, because it's it's the Yankees, it's the Mets, it's the um, Jets, the Giants. You know, some sometimes at least the Giants have won in the last, you know, 10 years, right? They have two Super Bowls to their name. But, you know, you always have the hype around these teams, and, they can never do anything. And it's not like they don't have talent. So I'm the not Knicks. arguing that. Goes for the Knicks, too. Exactly. The Knicks, for Everyone. sure. So 
I mean, Brooklyn, right? I mean, that's not New York, but Brooklyn in that area where they have all these stars, they don't win. And what happens? That team's blown up in like two years. And so hey, even even going to Buffalo, too. You got the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's going everywhere. It's just it's, it's just that area. It. It, yeah. There's something in the air. It's a New York curse. It is. But no. And then you got the Astros, you know, who I'm sure a lot of people hate are sick of seeing them on there, but they're always going to be up there. They have the most experience. And then. The Rangers are the defending World Series champion. But that's what's so crazy about baseball is like no, the Rangers kind of came out of nowhere towards the middle half of last year. They started off good, then they struggled, then they turned it on for the playoffs, right? That could happen to any team, right? You could have a, a surprise run. The Diamondbacks were one that made the World Series last year. Maybe they're a team that, you know, that sneaks in. They added um, Eduardo Rodriguez to that uh, lineup. So uh, the MLB can be so wide open. And honestly, where it is, even from the midseason point to the playoffs, could be totally different and some team could just be playing really well and baseball kind of is the one where it's really about how your team's playing during the playoffs because if your team's just hot and you are hitting and you know getting on base and stuff like that anyone can beat anyone on any given uh series and that's how it is for all sports but baseball seems you know there's always one or two teams that sneak into the playoffs or make a run just because of that so um Let's move on to the NHL. There's three teams tied for the highest odds. The uh, New York Rangers, Colorado Avalanche, Boston Bruins, all tied at plus 750. The defending champions, Vegas Golden Knights at plus 800 behind them, and then the Dallas Stars at plus 1,000. So three teams tied at the top here. If you had to pick one of those three teams, who would you pick to win it? I got to go with the Rangers, man, which is funny because we're just talking about New York, which is also another team who I feel like kind of, you know, does derail a lot towards the end of the season. Um, I got one friend who's like diehard Rangers. Um, like he can't even like see anyone while the game's on or it's like a curse for him. Uh, but I mean, they've been amazing this year. Um, and you know, they've been pretty good over the last couple of years. They just, you know, have been falling a little short. They weren't a little bit unexperienced, inexperienced, I think, um, you know, these last couple of years. And now they finally, you know, have been to the playoffs a couple of times, have had been in some big series, so I actually do feel pretty confident in them. Obviously, Boston is always going to be in it. They're so good. They're very experienced. Um, goaltending is incredible from them, defense in general. Um, so I think Boston's a good pick. Uh, Avalanche, couldn't tell you too much about them, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm going with the Rangers. I'm going with Panarin. Uh, that's my guy right there, Baldhead Panarin. He's been a beast. Um Side note, though, what I do think is funny, I was having a conversation with my friend two weeks ago, the Rangers fan, and he was saying about, like, who he thinks is going to win MVP. Um, and he was like, I think this is the, you know, the the couple years that McDavid has, like, a slightly down season, they're going to give the award out to whoever else they can. Just It's kind of like the LeBron effect. Everyone knows he's the best player. Um, and if like someone else is even in the conversation, they're going to try to give it to them just because they don't want McDavid winning, you know, 12 MVPs, uh, which he probably could. But two weeks later, McDavid's been absolutely on fire the past like week and a half. Um, I think he's like almost leading the league in points at this point now. Um, whereas two weeks ago, he was like not even in the top 15. Uh, so there you go. McDavid's probably going to win MVP again, uh, but the Oilers are still really bad. Uh, so we don't need to discuss them when we're talking about the league championship. But I put my money on the Rangers plus seven fifty. Not bad. It's not bad yeah. value. Yeah, no, and and I don't know much about the Rangers. What I do know about the Avalanche is they have two of the top ten scorers, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Plus, they have the second highest scoring defensive player, Cole McCarr. 
I think Colorado is scary. They had kind of a down year last year. Um, I also think that Vegas, th- them with Eichel, all that star power they have, Aiden Hill, who was kind of the goalie that came in last year and separated himself during that playoff run, he has the lowest goals against per game. He's at 1.93. He leads all of the uh, NHL. So I would say I would almost favor Colorado. Um, I know Boston is just, they're, they're so good. And last year, I, I mean, maybe you kind of look at it like the Virginia Cavaliers that lost to the first 16 seed, right? They kind of get upset, especially after that lead against the Panthers. Panthers make a run to the uh, Stanley Cup and lose. Maybe this is the revenge year for the Bruins. So you got to think about that because they're still a very good team and they still have, you know, guys like uh, uh, David Pasternak. And, you know, I- anyways, they have plenty of star power on both those teams. So, I'd be lying if I said I know everything about the NHL and I know about the Rangers, but I just think that the Avalanche and Bruins scare me a little bit more, and maybe I need to watch some more Rangers stuff, but, you know, then the Golden Knights, and I don't really believe in the Stars. Um, I've watched them a couple times against the Knights and some of the uh, East Coast teams, and, you know, they're they're good, but I, I just wouldn't favor them against some of these other uh, top teams. So it just – we talked about this last podcast episode. It is kind of sad to see how bad the Oilers are. They, you hit it right on the head. They are the Los Angeles Angels of the NHL. Yeah, it's 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 sad, and you're just wasting um, McDavid and them. You know they're like kind of like Otani was. So that that's a uh, that's kind of a disappointing one to uh, look at, and you hope mm-hmm. that it's you know something that they can get over, but it's not looking like that. So um, make sure you guys let us know down in the comments below, um, or hit us up on the IG post um, who you guys would favor there if there's anyone we missed out. Let's move on to some uh, rookie talk in the NBA. So you guys posted about grading each NBA first-round pick so far. We won't go through all these, and um, you guys can go pull up the post again. Some of them, are it's a little too early to tell because they're in the G League um, or they've been hurt. But there's a couple that have stood out and a couple that have been really bad. So, um, Soli, let's start off with who have been one of the most impressive rookies in the NBA for you so far? Uh, well, I mean, it goes without being said, but uh, obviously Wemby, uh, as coming from someone who was not too much of a believer in him, I'm not on like the archetype of Wemby, uh, Chet. I- I'm not a huge fan of the guy that's like seven foot five and weighs like 100 pounds and he looks like his legs are like a pretzel, like an Utz pretzel that you can just snap in half. Um, I'm not too much of a fan of you know that archetype, but honestly, they – both have been really good this year. Um, obviously, not super consistent just because they kind of, you know, are super young. But Weminyana recently, you know, has moved to center and he's been lighting it up. Uh, I know that because I've been gambling on him and winning a lot of money. Um, but yeah, so he's definitely, uh, he's definitely, I mean, he was the first overall pick. Ridiculous hype. So he's not really surprising, but it is nice to see that he's been able to kind of live up to most of the hype at least. Um, I think kind of the guy who is most notable when you kind of look at like the back half of the draft um, is he uh, Jamie J- Jaquez. Is that his name? It's actually uh, Jaime Hawkes. Okay. So uh, yeah, I've never like, <laughs> I've never even seen his name be pronounced, but I do know that he's lighting it up. Yeah. Um, I can't even say that I've really seen him play, but I see all the social media posts about him. So the guy's, got to be lighting it up and i saw a couple posts that were saying um just some crazies like comparing him to like anthony edwards and you know like saying like who would you rather have going forward um so this guy's obviously he's got to be lighting it up but i'm sure you know more about it 
Yeah, Jaime Hawkins Jr. Uh, coming out of UCLA was one of the more polished guys. A lot of people were like, yeah, he's not going to give you Victor Wembanyama upside, um, Scoot Henderson upside. But he was so great for this Heat roster because the Heat are like ready to win and compete now. So to find a guy like Jaime Hawkes, who's played high-level basketball, UCLA's been in the March Madness tournament and made deep runs for the last couple of years. They've been a premier program. They're a blue blood. He comes in, he's averaging 13 points per game. He's shooting almost 40% from three. Um, he, he just he came in ready to contribute right away, right away. There was no question if he'd have to go to the G League, he was going to be a rotation piece. He's going to do everything right. He's going to be hard-nosed. So I agree. Came in, had been, has been really good for them. Um, another guy I kind of wanted to hit on more towards the um, back half of the draft because I think that it's important to talk about some of these guys that hit, um, you know, in the 20s or the, um, you know, the mid 20s or whatever is uh, Brandon Podzemski for Golden State. He came out of St. Mary's, um, I or um, Santa Clara. Sorry, I, I always get those confused, but he's another guy coming into a Golden State team who's ready to compete. They're a little bit older, so is so he uh, is uh, Podzemski. He comes out, and all of a sudden now he's averaging 8.5 points per game. He's shooting 45% from the field, 41% from three, averaging five rebounds. He, he came in ready fit for a team that's ready to win now. And with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, came in, and he's been contributing from day one. He's been really good um, for them. But, yeah, those two guys went back-to-back, -back, I believe, 19th and 20th overall. Um, or somewhere in that range, and uh, they were they they've been great for those two teams, and could be contri contributing in the playoffs, you know, and making the deep run for those guys. Yeah, one of the top comments on the post is Warriors drafting needs to be studied. Um, I don't know. Does he mean I, like obviously he's been good? The pick you just mentioned, but I feel like most people would say they've kind of had a poor drafting history in the last like four or five years. Um, so I don't – I think that comment was – I mean, I see people were talking back and forth. They were like, it was good, you know, 10 years ago, and now it's been really bad. Um, I feel like it's not been great. There's been a lot of – obviously, Wiseman is, like, the outlier – not outlier. Yeah. Like, he is, like, the number one, like, you know, pick that people point to. is like, that was a really bad decision. Um, obviously, LaMelo Ball was there. Would that have really worked with the roster? You know, who really knows? Um, but obviously, Wiseman was – horrendous for them he's not even on the team anymore uh so that's really been the crazy pick uh that hasn't worked out but yeah overall i'd say their their drafting's not that good so but he was he meant it in a good way so i i don't agree with that yeah you know and they they've missed on a couple guys and they probably may have i don't know if i'd say they'd have another championship in but they definitely probably be have a little more um competitiveness the last couple of years so um couple other guys, you know, just to kind of hit on um, or maybe talk about guys that have been a little disappointing in the top half of the draft. Jarese Walker, Taylor Hendricks. I think it's still a little early to tell for those guys just because they kind of came in as prospects that you knew needed a little bit, but they have such high upside. So that's for the Pacers at eight and then the Jazz at nine. Um, a lot of people thought that Jawan Howard's son was a reach for Orlando um, after they took Anthony Black and he has not panned out very well for them. Um, Scoot's been a little bit of a bust, and then um, I believe it's Asar Thompson for Detroit has been better than his brother Amen, who went a pick before him and stuff. But you know, there's th this is all this could change, and it will change by the end of the year. You know, some of these guys you have Cam Whitmore who hasn't played really, um, uh, Bryce Sensabaugh who's been tearing it up in the G League. 
you have guys that haven't played that will be, you know, a B or a C or an A, you know, once they get called up. And then in two or three years, this will change too. And so this is a fun post, you know, to grade about halfway through. I think we're 15 weeks through the NBA season. Um, and, you know, we're starting all-star voting and stuff. But, no, this is a fun post to kind of talk through um, just looking at all the NBA um, rookies and how they've been. So um, anything else on uh, the NBA rookies before we move on to our next post to discuss? Yeah, just one thing. There was a couple comments that were like, uh, Bilal is, isn't an F because we graded him an F pick on draft night. And recently, I guess he had a good game or something. And a Wizards, po- Wizards page uh, like posted our graphic with like clown music or something from draft night of us grading them an F. Um, I'll say a couple things. One, draft grades are pretty terrible just in yeah. general, just the idea of them. Uh, we do them because, you know, it's it's starts discussion, not to say that we're just giving them grades like just based on just to start discussion. But, you know, it's based on just like, you know, how good we thought they were in school, how good of a fit it is. Are they projects for a team that's trying to win? Are they a win now versus a team that's a project kind of stuff like that? Whatever. There's some stuff that goes into it. But overall, like you don't know exactly how all these guys are going to turn out. And there's a lot of guys on this list that we probably gave an A to and they haven't really played yet or they've been like a C to a D player. And there's some guys we gave an F to like Bala, who's been, you know, B plus player that we graded him now. Um, so that's it's just we have a full YouTube video on our YouTube channel from one of our guys who does the NFL draft pretty in depth. And um most famously, because obviously I know the NFL the most, um, the Seattle draft class with like Bobby Wagner um, got an F from like multiple media, uh, you know, platforms out there back in the day. And that go- that went down as one of the best draft classes of all time, um, you know, for the Seahawks. So it just goes to show that not that it's all for fun, the draft grades, but I wouldn't obviously never read too much into them. You know, if you think the player is good, then the players will probably be fun. Uh, but that's just something I, people always obviously are going to comment that. And it's like, you know, don't, don't take it that seriously. Yeah. And, and uh, Gulenbale was a guy that was shot up draft boards because he was so young and he showed a lot of good things on Victor Remanyama's team. The thing that's most impressive for him is he's shooting 41 and a half percent from three. But he was just one of those guys that you knew was going to take a while. And, and I, I don't think you guys are saying that, like, he's playing like an F player. You know, it's just as of right now, or he's going to be an F player, right? As of right now, he's still young. And, you know, he could turn into a Giannis in two or three years where he's a beast. You know, he might not contribute or be at that level for an, a year or so. But, you know, he he has all the intangibles just as of right now. You know, he's not playing up to maybe the... Um, seventh overall pick, which he was taken just because that's a high draft slot to take a guy like that, but that's not mm-hmm. knocking him. So, um, yeah, no, but let us know down below. Let's move on to some college football talk right here. You did a post with all um, CFB. Make sure you guys follow them on Instagram. Also, they do a lot of um, joint posts or collaborations with ASC. Um, you guys talked about the most draft picks in um, from college football teams. So Notre Dame leads the college leads college football. They've had 525 total draft picks. USC's right behind them at 523. And then Ohio State's a little bit behind them at 45. We're going to take a little different route here. This is fun to look at, but let's talk about some of the schools that are the best at putting out certain positions. So let's start off with quarterback U. What we mean by this is what school maybe in the last couple years or of all time has been the best at putting out some of uh, the best NFL players at this position. So we'll start with quarterback. You 
Soli, who do you think has put out the best quarterbacks in the last, you know, 15, 20 years um, in college football? You know what's crazy to me? Um, like, I guess uh, you would think that there would be a school with like a collection of better quarterbacks than is really out there. If you really do your research and you kind of look at these schools, like most of them have, you know, two or three quarterbacks that are pretty good. Obviously the top schools have like one elite and then they usually have like two or three that are like pretty good. And then it kind of falls off pretty hard after that, which is surprising because you think a team like obviously, you know, I think that speaks to the idea that college football kind of has waves of which teams are like really good. Um, obviously Bama most recently has been very good, but they've really never, they don't really produce like great NFL quarterbacks. Um, in terms of like which schools would kind of be quarterback you, I mean, I, I know a lot of people say USC. Um, and once again, Carson Palmer, Matt Liner, two pretty good options. And then it's kind of like, your third guy is Mark Sanchez, but which is crazy to think. But at the same time, most people, I feel like, say USC. So that that's kind of a crazy answer. In three, four years, um, you know, it might be a little bit of a different story. Uh, but I feel like USC is probably the answer. USC and – I, they'll get Caleb Williams this year, right? Caleb yeah, Williams. I'm saying in like two or three reader. years, that list might look a little better for USC. Um, yeah. I'm a Caleb guy. I know a lot of people are falling off of the Caleb train, which is crazy because probably six, seven weeks ago, the guy had like the most hype out of any quarterback ever. And now a lot of people are going against him, but I still think he's going to, you know, have a good NFL career. So that's just another player that is going to solidify that answer for me. But I still would probably say USC right now. I, I don't know. It's kind of you think there'd be better lists of quarterbacks. Yeah, and and I I don't have any arguments against USC. If I was going to go with who I think quarterback you is, especially in the last you know 10, 15 years, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma Sooners. You have Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. You could count Jalen Hurts. I don't think he should be all on Oklahoma. Um, Maybe this is because of Lincoln Riley too, right? Because Baker, Kyler, Jalen Hurts were all products of him. If you want to lump Caleb Williams into there, even though he really only had one season and then followed Lincoln. And then Dylan Gabriel this year, he's going to transfer to Oregon, but he was a stud for Oklahoma. So I would probably say Oklahoma as of late. The other one, if you look at who's maybe had the two best seasons in college football history the last couple of years, it's been LSU with Joe Burrow and Jaden Daniels this year. So... It are, I mean, they don't have the long list of quarterbacks um, that some of these teams do, like USC or Oklahoma or even um, maybe even um, in Oregon with Marcus Mariota, Bo Nix, Justin Herbert, some of those guys. Um, but LSU, the last they've had the, probably the two best Heisman and statistical seasons in the last 15 years by a quarterback between Jaden Daniels and Joe Burrow. So they could be kind of in that little uh, category for quarterback. You, Yeah, I think that's totally valid. Okay, let's move on. Um, running back you for me is kind of easy. There's been a couple. Wisconsin is up there. They seem to produce a ton of guys. Jonathan Taylor, Monte, Monte Ball. I think the obvious answer for me, though, is Alabama. If you look at Brian Robinson, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, Derek Henry, Kenyon Drake, Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, and then this year, Jameer Gibbs. Just the sure number of guys who have been very productive, in, not only in college, but in the NFL. I don't know if Alabama can be topped on that list. Yeah, uh, obviously they definitely, there's no argument 
like against them not having super talented running backs, but and I wouldn't even say they're linemen you, which we can get to after this, but obviously it is a fact that Alabama always has the best line, at least like when they're those players are in college. Um they always have the best line, which obviously it plays a huge part in the running back. Um, I think that's a debate for that's currently going on in the NFL. You know, what's actually important is the running back important or is it pretty much all the offensive line? I give most of the, um, you know, credit to the offensive line. I think there's a few outlying running backs who can kind of make a massive difference. Um, but I would say generally it's mostly on the offensive line and Alabama always has the best offensive line. So it kind of makes sense that the best running backs come from Alabama. If I had to pick kind of like another school that, you know, might not benefit from that as much, I, you could probably say Oklahoma. Um, obviously they have AP who's in the last, you know, 20 years, he's the best running back in the NFL. Um, and DeMarco Murray also had an unreal stretch for his NFL career, you know, uh, with the Cowboys and the Titans and whatnot. Um, so that's, you know, it's another school that you could kind of throw in there that I think doesn't benefit as much, uh, you know, from that overpowered offensive line. But then again, Oklahoma doesn't play anyone that really plays real defense. So that's also another thing to consider. But yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on. This might be the most controversial one. Wide receiver you. Um, the list I'm looking at has USC up there. You could say Ohio State. You could say Alabama. You could say LSU. These guys, th this might be the most controversial one in my opinion. So who are you giving wide receiver you to? This list that I'm looking at is crazy. It has Alabama at number nine. Wow. And I think I'd give it to Alabama, um, at least in the last, you know, I would say starting from like even going back to Julio might be a little bit too like that might be too late. I would say I, I would rather obviously like, you know, everyone knows the picture of like rugs, Judy, all of them in that picture, Ridley. Like that's like one of the most insane college football pictures of all time. That little, uh, Obviously, a lot of them haven't lived up to the hype that they were given. Ruggs, everyone knows his story. Judy, um, he's been a little disappointing. I don't put it too much on him. I'll do it. I do think he was a little bit overhyped coming out of school. Um, but obviously, they have Jameson Williams now, uh, who's doing pretty well this season. He's had some bad drops, but he's you know also just one of the fastest players in the NFL. Um, I, I give it to Alabama. I think them being number nine on this list is crazy. They have I don't know if this is ranked, but um, like Michigan is above them with like Devin Funchess on the list. Like, come on, I mean Devin Funchess was a guy that like had like 800 yards a year if he was lucky. Um, so I'm giving mine to Alabama. I think Ohio State in like two or three years might claim that title, though. Yeah, I mean, you look at Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, they're going to have a Mecca Buka, Marvin Harrison this year, Garrett yeah. Wilson, Chris Olave. Ohio State's a tough one to beat for me, but if you look at who has the best NFL players, as of right now, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Kayshawn Booty might come in and be, or sorry, not Kayshawn Booty, um, Malik Neighbors. I was looking at Kayshawn Booty because he had that great freshman season for him. Um, but Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, what they did with Joe Burrow there, Malik Neighbors, what he did this year, plus they're going to have Brian Thomas, who was um, a good receiver for them, might sneak into the first round, maybe early second round. Um, LSU, I, I don't know if I really agree with the list I'm looking at right here. It has USC, Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, Michael Pittman, Juju Smith-Schuster, 
it's a good list. Like, don't get me long wrong. The best one on that list for USC um, is Amon Ross St. Brown, but he's not even on the same tier as like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. So that would put LSU in front of me. And then if you LSU just also pop- has Odell and Jarvis, who obviously are not the same players they used to be, but there was a point in time where people were saying Odell's the best wide receiver in the NFL. And yeah. Jarvis Landry consistently got like 90 catches a year on the Dolphins. Um, so those are two like good players to just throw in there as well. Yeah. I mean, and so for me, it comes down to Ohio state LSU and then Alabama would be three just because the sheer number that there was like a five-year stretch, even looking back Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones for Alabama. But you talk about Jamison Williams, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. I mean, um, they were, they were so freaking good, um, at the receiver position. So I'd give it to one of those two teams. Um, but Alabama's not far behind. Um, Tight end you. Um, do you have anyone here? This one has Miami. Notre Dame. I, I I was just going to say it's got to be Iowa, right? If you look at some of the best tight ends in the NFL, Sam Laporta's tearing it up this year. TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle. That's not even to mention that early in the uh, 2000s, they had Dallas Clark drafted in the first round. Like, I feel like it's got to be Iowa. Although I do think Miami has had some good picks with Jeremy Shockey, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Najoku, but I just feel like Iowa has put out some of the best tight ends in the NFL. It's funny too, because Iowa obviously as of late is like maybe the worst offensive school anyone has ever watched in their life. Um, And the fact that they're potentially the best college for, you know, offensive unit is kind of hilarious. But obviously it hasn't always been like that, but yeah, I mean, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson are like, some of the best tight ends in the league right now. You could probably say they're both. Um, obviously, Mark Andrews is in there as well, but I'd say like all those guys and then Kelsey are kind of like in the top five. Um, where did uh, Laporta go to school? Laporta go to Iowa? He went to Laporta Iowa. Laporta was he? Iowa, yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's just another guy who's a rookie, and rookie tight ends are never good, and this guy's being considered, you know, a top seven, top eight guy right now, which is impressive for a rookie year. Um, so that's just another guy to throw in there. I'd give it to Iowa. Yeah, I, I don't see why why it wouldn't be Iowa. They've they've been incredible the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. um, this one will be kind of hard just because of the sheer number, and you kind of hit on it. Offensive line, you, you are you going to give it to Alabama? I'm going to give it to – I kind of want to give it to Notre Dame. I was just going to say the same thing. I, I love yeah. the pick there. I mean, Quentin Nelson, they're going to have Joe Alt come out this year. They've had some stellar offensive linemen. Yeah, Zach Martin. Yep. Quentin Nelson, you said. Uh, Ryan Stanley. It's Notre Dame. I've always considered them OU. I feel like when in college, I think Alabama has the best offensive line. But for some reason, like a lot of those guys that go to the league – don't really pan out as well as you're expecting. Um, So that's why I would say Notre Dame kind of has those guys that come out and they're like the best at their position, Uh, you know, for like a good stretch, like Ronnie Stanley, Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, those guys were like the, and some of them are still the best at their position. Um, So that's kind of why I give it to them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of skip the D line linebacker just because I feel like it's up for so much debate and there's a ton of them there. Alabama could also be argued for both of those ones or Georgia because they've had so many guys come out the last couple years. Yeah, let's move Georgia. on to another one that will be pretty controversial or at least we'll have a good debate. Uh, defensive back you so not just corners but safeties too. Um, the list I'm looking at has LSU, right? You're gonna have Patrick Peterson, Derek Stingley Jr., Tyron Matthew. Is there anyone else that you would put as DBU? 
I'm looking at a list that has Ohio State, which they have a couple good guys, but I also think they're kind of known for putting out like massive busts at cornerback. And Eli Apple is listed as their notable players, and that is just the opposite of where you want to go. Um, That should be the argument against them, uh, as I know that because I'm a Giants fan. Um, So I think that's kind of funny. I would say LSU. Um, Alabama has a couple of guys that have been solid, but – you know, I feel like Alabama produces like very like physical safeties. I feel like yeah. guys that like, I mean, they got like Mark Barron, who's like, he was good, but he, he just like, you know, hit people in the head. That was kind of his job. And he like converted to linebacker. And so I don't know if he's like huge. I think Florida state can kind of be thrown in there a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say they have the longest list, but they have Ramsey and Durbin James, who if you look at the last, you know, five years, you could say overall, that could be the best safety and that could be the best cornerback. Um, so I don't think that's kind of like a horrible take, even though Derwin can't really stay healthy. Um, but I would give it to LSU. Yeah. LSU, Alabama. If you look at um, Pat Sertan, Mika Fitzpatrick, some of the best right now, but I think in the longevity LSU is, is pretty hard to beat. So I agree with you. Um, that, that was a fun one to talk about. That will always be changing five, 10 years down the road. We'll change that just because there will be some studs coming out of new schools, but Um, let's kind of talk about some of the craziness going on in college or not just college sports in all sports right now. You guys have, that's what I love about ASC guys. If you don't follow them, make sure you do, because it's not just like the serious and the controversial sports topics. It's a little bit of trolling. It's a little bit of culture sports. It's everything. So we got four posts. We're going to just discuss here kind of rapid fire. I don't know if you guys saw this in the Texas division two, six, a division two high school state playoff state championship. DeSoto won like 74 to 14 over Summer Creek. But there's a viral picture of a 2025, not even a senior. He's a junior offensive lineman for DeSoto. His name's Byron Washington. He's six foot seven and a half, 380 pounds. Now he's like the 113th best prospect in Texas as of right now. I'm sure that will go up. He is towering over this poor defensive end. That is six foot four. Now, this is a big defensive end, right? Six foot four. That's a good size defensive end, especially in high school. He is towering over him. And so this is funny. I just got to say, I love the caption that you guys put on this. It says, you just got done failing a math test, and then you got to get past this guy. Just in high school, you should not have to face a guy with this size. And he's not even a senior yet. This guy is probably 17 years old as a junior. It is crazy. Yeah, uh, I made that caption. That's inspired from. There's always it, usually you see that kind of caption on like a like an NBA video, like Zion Williamson dunking, and you're like, oh, you just like failed geometry, and now you got to go guard Zion Williamson because everyone remembers that video of like that small. He was like four foot five, like blonde kid was trying to guard Zion in the yep. paint, and Zion just gives him a little face. He's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of that caption comes from that kind of video like that. But, yeah, I mean, you just look at this photo and you got to think that it's fake, but it's not. It's insane. Um, I feel like this comes around every once in a while. There's like a high school football player that just looks like a, you know, a 35-year-old man that's been on steroids for like 10 years. Um, and, you know, this is this is one of those uh, ESPN 
I know, I know for sure there's one that ESPN posts like every two months, the same kid, um, which I'm pretty sure that that kid's got to be 30 years old. There's just no way he's in high school. But I mean, this is another one of those like it, Texas is just built different. They're just I don't know what they're doing down there, but they're feeding them something crazy from birth. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite comments on this post, um, it, someone it's today dot is dot you day <laughs> says forget double teaming a D lineman. That offensive tackle going to be blocking two D lineman that size at once. So <laughs> think about, you know, him just grabbing the three technique in the defensive end, and just blocking up each with one hand and let the guard climb to the linebackers. But no, Texas high school football is different. And this kind of just puts it into size comparison. Cause like you said, with the Zion Williamson kid, like, this kid might have a couple lower division one offers, maybe FCS or something. I'm not sure where he stands right now, but six foot four, two ten as a senior, you know, not a bad um, size for, especially in Texas. Like he's going to get recognition, but he's always going to be remembered as the guy that was in the picture with Byron Washington. And nope. you know, we'll, we'll see. And it, it, it's crazy how big this guy is. I, I would love to see him in person. Cause it's not just six, seven and a half. It's the three eighty eight eighty. It's, it's a I, big I don't boy. It, it's, it's massive. So, that's one thing going on in kind of the football world, high school football. Moving on, though, <laughs> this is in the NFL world. Did you ever think that you could attend a NFL game for 45 cents? Because that's what the entrance price this week for was for the Falcons-Panthers game. And it still looked like there was maybe 200 people in the stands. The now, they screenshots were so bad. Did you hear that they reported that the attendance was like 70,000? 70, yep. <laughs> There's no way, bro. There, there was, was maybe 70 people. Yeah, maybe 70,000 in like a 50-mile radius of the stadium because that oh was – that's insane. Like that – and they won too. That's the funniest part. They actually won. Yeah. And also another crazy stat about the Panthers. They have two wins this year. They have led for zero seconds in the fourth quarter. How insane is that? Yeah, it's – they are a not team. a good football team. No, um, really. And I, what I, – this game ended up 9-7, so the the – Panthers didn't even score a touchdown, right? They they have three field goals. They get led to a game-winning drive by Bryce Young, but it's just a field goal, right? But it's just – could you imagine I, – I love football, but I just – I feel like it's so so crazy to look at it and be like, oh, my gosh, we could have gotten into an NFL football game Dude. with the best players in the NFL for 50 cents. And, and I, got, we could have gotten a nickel back. You would have given them two quarters. Yeah. I would have given you a nickel back. Yeah, and the thing is, you go to the game, obviously, they're not the best seats for two quarters, but you can sit anywhere you want because no one's in the stadium. So yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of seats you buy. You could go up and you pay two quarters to go to the game and you can get front row you know, seats too. Granted, I mean, two of the worst teams in the NFL, you get the Falcons and the Panthers. They're, they're both not good, but it's an NFL game. Come on, that's, you know, that's a nice Sunday. You go have a beer, have a hot dog, go watch some NFL and – I would have done it if I was in the area. Yeah, and what are the sure. ushers going to do? Like, oh, no, please go back to your seat. You're going to be like, really? Yeah. You, you better, I'll move over to this one that's, you know, right next to me, and then the next one, and then the next one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just I, I usually get an energy drink in the morning before I go to work and stuff, and and that comes out to, like, 328. Like, I could have gotten, like, six or seven energy I mean, drinks. Yeah. For the, or, I mean, I could have gotten six or seven, seven tickets. NFL games. For it, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. something that I thought would probably not um, be um, – something we'd be talking about or seeing in our lives but sticking on the nfl front um this is this is another funny one and um the chargers man i feel bad for them justin herbert's out for the year they just fired their coach easton state got the start now for those of you that don't know easton state came from north dakota state the powerhouse in the fcs for the longest time 
he had a 49 and three career record in college football, which is phenomenal. It's the uh, most wins at the FCS level. It might, I didn't check. It might be at all levels. Um, but I believe it. he says coming into the game, right? So they, you guys all know the chargers get blown out. What? 63 to 21 or something by the Raiders on Thursday night football. Yeah. Um, he said, <laughs> someone asked him, right. Uh, you know, on starting for the chargers, this was asked on Wednesday, you know, how do you feel? He said, I'm used to winning. I'm used to winning. The other crazy quote that comes from this game is someone asked Brandon Staley if he felt like he's lost the locker room. And he goes, no, because if we had lost, the, if I'd lost the locker room, we'd get blown out. And this was on like their uh, Monday or Sunday after. I didn't even know I said that. That's hilarious. He, someone asked him like, hey, do you feel like your message is still getting through? And he goes, no, if my message wasn't getting through, we'd have, we'd be getting blown out. He goes, we're fighting. We're in every game. Well, three days later, they get beat 63 to 21. So chargers probably should stay away from the media and stuff for a couple days yeah i i feel so bad for justin herbert because i'm a big justin herbert guy um i'm still kind of pissed at him for going back to school because he would have been on the giants and it would have been so much better but uh i'm still a fan of his game he's incredible and he kind of gets a lot of hate for having not so much success in the nfl um obviously he's still super young but as you can see, I mean, this is kind of the franchise that you're playing for, and it's it's not really his fault. Um, I think some of the funniest comments were scores already outdated again after we post after the touchdown because the Chargers were just scoring way too quickly. Um, we you know we we couldn't even keep it updated, but yeah, that was that's insane, and it's the Raiders too. Like that is like one of the worst teams that you could give up that many points to. Yep. It wasn't even like it was like. You know, the Broncos, they gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. The Dolphins have one of the most explosive offenses that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, It's still really bad. Isn't Giving it, it up to the Raiders is crazy. Didn't the Raiders get shut out the week before, too? Three to, Three to nothing, nothing they lost yeah. to the Vikings. So they they just put up two points worth of games be, in, in one game because they were like, oh, yeah. we didn't score last week, so we'll yep. just score 63 exactly. today. Yeah, so that, that was funny. And then last kind of funny troll post that, you know, ASC does and – this will be sure to get some people going. And I'm looking at the comments right now. It already got Cowboys fans going and everyone that loves to troll Cowboys fans. There's a continuous cycle with the Cowboys, right? The season starts. They're hyped up. They're going to, you know, win it, right? They look unstoppable against the bad teams. Oh, this is our year. Okay. And if oh, we'll have the graphic up here, if not pulled up on uh, the Instagram at the bottom, it says the will start to fall off. That's where we're at right now. That's what's circled on the graphic. We are right here. And then you know what happens after that? They're going to choke in the playoffs. They're going to win the AFC or the NFC East, and they're going to choke in the playoffs at home to, you know, someone. So we are right now at the will start to fall off for the Dallas Cowboys stage. And here's the thing about this joke. I, I, I'm a Giants fan. I'll shit on the Cowboys all the time. I'd love to do it. I got no shame in that. But here's the thing about like, this kind of joke about the Cowboys you could say this joke about a lot of NFL teams. That's just the way that kind of the NFL works. Um, they have a pretty talented roster, so and they have the biggest fan base. They're America's team, whatever you want to call them. So obviously they're going to get a ton of hype before the season because they do have enough of talent on that roster to kind of make a good run. So it's totally warranted. Um, they're obviously going to beat the bad teams because, like I just said, they have a pretty good roster. They're going to lose to you know the really good teams because – it's so unbelievably rare. You got to go back to it's Mahomes and the Chiefs and it's Tom Brady and the Patriots. Those are really the only teams and maybe like Rodgers and the Packers when they were really good. Those are really the only teams that actually are going to beat everyone really no matter what. Um, you know, every team is going to lose to the good teams at least, you know, two or three times a season no matter what. Cowboys still have a great record. 
That's the thing about it. But that's kind of that's just part of the joke. They lose one game. They get destroyed by the Bills. It's a perfect time to make the joke because also, and history does show, it's not just a joke. They definitely choke in the playoffs a lot. Yep. Um, whether it's choking or just losing in general, I mean, they do get to the playoffs a lot, which is good. Um, a lot of teams can, can't even say they get there. So that's, you know, that's one thing they have over a lot of franchises. But they still do lose a lot in the playoffs. So it just plays all into the joke. And once again, it's the Cowboys with the biggest fan base. We know it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. It's funny to laugh about. The Cowboys are very loved by their fan base, but they're also hated by a lot of other fan bases. So, you know, we just want to start that discussion. We like watching people argue in the comment section. We get joy out of it. We don't, like, get upset when someone's like, after one game, sheesh, calm down. I think it's funny they commented that. Um, and, you know, he's not wrong. He's he's totally valid. Like I said, they have a good roster. Just because they lost one game doesn't really mean the wheels are starting to fall off. But history does say that they probably will choke in the playoffs. So that's why it's fun. it's going to be funny in the end. But yeah. I, I love it. It's it's all mad Cowboys fans, right? Someone sa- wouldn't say the Eagles are a bad team. Rangers territory says, where's the Eagles cycle garbage page? Well, he doesn't even have the balls to make a Cowboys fan page, and he's <laughs> you know supporting the Texas Rangers. So, um, it's yeah, I mean, you waited eight weeks just to post this. This was supposed to be posted last two weeks, huh? We just we lose four games, and that's still not – anyway, it's just – Cowboys this guy said, if an Eagles fan made this, they need to worry about their own team. What are you talking about, man? We got 20 people in all sports culture. We got one Eagles fan. I'm telling yeah. you that right now. And we have a Cowboys fan. So that's one to one right there. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Cowboys fans just, and I get it. I mean, no one wants to be kind of the laughing stock, but the Cowboys will always be the team that's easy to troll because their fans are always going to fight back. They're always going to have something to exactly. say. And that's why it's fun to, you know, kind of uh, their fans, their fans just care more than everyone else. And they, you know, will get riled up more than anyone else. If you made this post about, you know, I don't even really know another team that kind of fits that vibe. That's like usually pretty good, but ends up losing a lot. I mean, like maybe like the Ravens or something. Um, It would not be nearly as funny. You wouldn't get the same reaction. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of why you got to do it. Look, if we get if we make some people mad, but we make a lot of people laugh, that's a good post, in my opinion, um, because, you know, we're just trying to make people laugh. We're trying to start a discussion. We're not saying this post is completely factual, even in the, the you know, the caption. I, I said, make Dak the highest paid quarterback with a little emoji like peeking through just another joke thrown out there. Dak's been very good this year. He's, you know, top five MVP, blah, blah, blah. So. You know, a comment like that is kind of just a joke. It is what it is, you know, but I like to make people laugh. So that's why we do it. Yeah, I mean, and people won't take it as a joke. So um, last kind of uh, thing we're going to do, and this will be a little fun one. Uh, I think that ASC is going to make a post about this. Maybe we'll get some ideas from other people. We'll see. Um, Soli, we're going to make some bowl names. Now, there's some crazy bowl names out there, right? So this kind of gets sparked by the idea of a post that I saw, and it was like, hey, you got your birth month correlates to your sponsor, and then your the last thing you ate is you know kind of um, going to be the middle part, and then you, the location of your bowl will be your phone battery percentage. And, and there's photos and stuff of this. But you got like the Duke's Mayo Bowl, right? You got the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. You got... Uh, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. So there's always like two brands and then, you know, whatever. So we're going to come up with a couple funny bowl names. And and these are all just kind of off the top of our head, combining brands, maybe picking a location. Um, and we'll, you know, hopefully have a post coming out 
or see if people have some idea, creative ideas and throw it in. Cause it is bowl season. There's been a couple games so far and there's going to be a lot more this week um, coming mm-hmm. up. And then the new, new year six bowls and all the good ones will come after Christmas and stuff. So um, do you have any off the top of your head or ones that would be kind of funny? Well, if I am, I'll do one that's going off this list right here that we got. Um, I got the direct TV. I had some frozen pizza for lunch. We got the direct TV. I don't even know the brand, but we got direct TV, frozen pizza. What's my battery percentage? 78%. We're going to Tampa. I, I think that's a good. You got the direct TV, frozen pizza bowl. I, I think I, that in Tampa. I like, I like it. So I bad. had, I my birthday's in February, so I had the Pop-Tarts. And then the last thing I ate was tacos because it was Taco Tuesday. So I'm going to say I'm going to go. I'm going to flip it around. That's that's interesting. You got two food groups going on. They're just counteracting each other. One's a breakfast. One's a dinner meal. I'm going to go the Taco Tuesday Pop-Tarts Bowl. And I'm at 63 percent. So I'm going to Charlotte, North Carolina, baby. Okay, there we go. It's got to be played on a Tuesday, obviously. Oh, for sure. One Taco Tuesdays. One dollar tacos in the stands. That's that's pretty good promo right there. Um, Obviously, obviously, we need the all sports culture bowl. That's pretty standard. Maybe one day we'll have that. That'd be the dream. Um, What's one thing? What's like uh, you know, maybe like uh, maybe like hot Cheetos. Is that the vibe we're going for? That's not like the all sports culture hot Cheeto bowl. Um, is that like very popular in all sports like do do a lot of people like it oh no i think it's very not popular i feel like hot cheetos are kind of like a meme these days um i feel like you don't want to eat hot cheetos if you eat hot cheetos you're like probably not a good person i feel like that's kind of what uh people you know associate them with so that's why i like it okay um where did you guys play it at though um i think we go to honolulu i think we go to hawaii you know i think we go to hawaii with some hot cheetos and uh, the All Sports Culture Bill. I don't know Barstool just. I think Barstool has a bowl this year. It's right? in Arizona. Okay. It's in Tucson or uh, yeah, Tucson, Arizona. So yeah, yep. I mean Hawaii is a lot cooler than that. So it is. Um, I came up with a couple. So have you ever seen the bowl game? Uh, or sorry, the high school in Hawaii, in uh, Alaska. It's a blue field, and it's like right on the shore of like. Uh, it's not a beach, obviously, because it's in Alaska. Um, it's a nice but it, beach. It's, yeah, look up Barrow High School. Uh, it's in Alaska, and then you can kind of picture this. So I came up with the Alaska Airlines Alaska Bowl, and that will be played at Barrow High School. Now, there's no seating around this field. Are you looking at it right now? It's like a blue uh, It's like blue <laughs> turf. It's on like a strip of land. It's on just a little strip of land. Yeah. So there's no, there's nothing. So I don't know how they'd have fans there. There's no, no fans. They just play ball. Now, this might be the worst bowl now. Um, I, I know someone on uh, the Utah State team that, so they're playing in the Boise-Idaho Potato Bowl, so I get to go to Boise, which might be the worst bowl game other than the Albuquerque Bowl. I think if the Alaska Airlines Alaska Bowl at this high school field, this might take the cake and it would be the last one. Going up there in December, yeah, I don't think teams would that's, really want to accept that one. <laughs> that's the football I want to watch. I, the snow football gets me going. It fires me up. Maybe not to play in it. I mean, even playing in it, but yeah. I mean, the weather is probably, it's probably like minus five degrees. So yeah, it would be a funny game, but another one I thought of, um, and this plays into ASC and their love for Joey Chestnut. I came up with the Joey Chestnut Costco hot dog bowl. I like that a lot. And and played in halftime. New York. At halftime, they do a little contest. For sure. Yeah. I, and so I, I came up, you know, Joey Chestnut. Gronk has a bowl now in LA. He just did his, he sung the national anthem. It was Horrible. 
He sounded what? so How the fuck upbeat. did I miss that? Oh, you got it. He's seen it with like two other people. <laughs> it I is so it is so bad. Yeah, you'll have to go look at it. So um I thought I was surprised Tesla doesn't have a bowl. So I thought of the Bucky's Tesla bowl, which is kind of funny because Tesla's an electric vehicle and Bucky's is a huge gas station. So it kind of kind of contradicts, you know, you could play that at oh, Tesla yeah. headquarters or you know, somewhere in Texas or Oklahoma. So um do you do you have any other kind of funny ones? Uh I'm not too much of a creative guy when it comes yeah. to this. Um I don't know what Tax Slayer is, but I like that. I like the yeah. name of that. Tax, tax Slayer. Is that yeah. a real company? Yeah, well, so I the Tax Slayer is a real bull too. I don't remember I don't know what the I like that. Is. Tax Slayer. It sounds like I'm about to murder someone at the IRS or something. I don't know. Yeah, so it's the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. That's a real bull game. I do like that. So I mean, yeah, it, it's got some it's got some crazy names. The other one is like the Tony the Tiger Bowl. I forget what it is, but that's Frosted Flakes. They just decided to do their mascot. Like there's some is, creative. Is that the people. one Notre Dame's playing in, or they were supposed to play in that one? Because I know I have a Notre Dame uh friend, fan who's Notre Dame. Um, and he was like making a joke that he's like, I cheer for this team every single week, die hard, and now they have to play in the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Yeah, so it's it's Oregon State at Notre Dame. So it's actually a really good game. The thing about yeah, this yeah. is it's the Tony the Tiger Sumble in El Paso, Texas at uh, UTSA Stadium. So it's a little disappointing of a bowl game for two ranked teams, but it'll be a good game. Oregon State Notre Dame will be fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's not the it's not the best ball. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, but, that's hilarious. So, anyways, um I'm just you know, I I I think it would be a fun post if, you know, ASC um, throws it together, maybe ask some of the other guys, be creative, give them a couple of days to think of maybe two of their favorite brands or a sponsor, yeah. throw something together and see. And then of course you guys can go um, and comment on that or let us know what you guys would do. So um, again, appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't followed all sports culture on Instagram, make sure you go follow them so you can follow along with these posts, comment. Um, and we have a chance to read your comments. Um, and then make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on TikTok too. We're posting a ton of clips of the podcast episodes on TikTok um, with the posts attached to them. So you don't have to like flip back and forth. Um, so you guys can do that. But anything else before we get off, Sully? That's it, baby. That's all for me this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Hope you guys have a good Christmas. You too, Sully. Everyone yes. from ASC, wish you guys a good Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays. Whatever you guys are doing, traveling, travel safe. Yep. Um, enjoy some football, like football on Saturday, football on Sunday. There's bowl games. This is the best time of the year. Feed me. I know. I mean, I think at one point I need to just literally pay my couch or something because I'll be living on it for the next three or four days watching football. But that's okay. So it is in my house. But no. So appreciate you guys listening. um, And we'll talk to you guys next time. Yes, sir. See you guys.